Hey friends, welcome to episode 137 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift. Thank you so much for joining me today. Have you ever asked the question like, does God really see me? Would Jesus really leave the 99 to go after the one when that one is me? Well, this episode answers those questions in a tangible way. The easy biblical answers to those questions are yes and yes, but what does it look like in real life? Born and raised Mormon, my friend Michelle Mercer had never experienced anything beyond religion. She shares her powerful story of how Jesus undeniably pursued her when he wasn't even on her radar. When I heard Michelle's story in its entirety when she gave this talk at a women's event recently, I knew I needed to share it on Fierce Calling. I will have her on the show again in the future to talk about many missions and ministries that she's been part of. We'll talk about her life as an RN, her extensive missions in other countries, and Days for Girls, a ministry providing menstrual supplies for girls locally and around the world. But today we hear Michelle's powerful story of love, redemption, and transformation. Today we hear about how she met Jesus in a personal and powerful way. This format is different than what you've heard before on Fierce Calling. It kind of sounds like a TED Talk, professional, concise, and humorous, but it's a God talk, and no TED Talk compares to that. And I know what Michelle shares will encourage, inspire, and bring you fresh hope. So listen to this powerful testimony from Michelle Mercer. Stay tuned. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. I am just uh, so thrilled to be here. It was really interesting. My 94-year-old mother was visiting from Salt Lake City, and my husband was projecting pictures from his laptop onto our television, and he came across this video clip that I did on sharing your work, your faith in the workplace, and I did that at Pastor Dave's request. And my mom hadn't seen it, nor had I for years, so we had just finished watching that, and Adina calls. And she asked me if I would be interested in speaking today, and then she said, I just watched your video clip on sharing your faith in the workplace. What are the chances of that? And then she said that today's topic was the ultimate love story. Now, I would have told you my ultimate love story was my relationship with my husband, Michael, who I am still nuts about. We've been together for 42 years. But I know now that it's the story God wrote, the love story God wrote for my life that came true on that date that Adina talked to me. She said, I want to know more. I want to know more about what, about what I learned when I, when I heard that um, that clip about sharing your faith. I particularly are interested in a date that you mentioned that all you say is it changed your life forever. I knew when she said that, and the topic was the ultimate love story, that I'm to share my ultimate love story, God's love story for my life with you today. So in January of 1997, my husband and I got a phone call from his brother and wife, Dale, his brother Dave and wife Dale, and they said, 
we just got this invitation uh, for an for a all-expense-paid weekend on Marco Island in Florida. And we can take another couple. Now, they lived in California. They said, if you guys will go with us, we'll fly out from California and we'll all go down and enjoy Marco Island together. And we said, well, okay, what's this about? And my brother-in-law, Dave, said, I don't really know for sure. The invitation is incredibly fancy, super high-end, cardstock, gold print, it's called Quest for Significance. And he said, I think it's Christian-based, to which my husband and I said, eh, we can handle that stuff for a weekend, expenses paid in Marco Island with you guys. We were not Christian. They were. And then Dave said, I think it might also be marriage-related. Well, I, just that week, I was in my little T-bird going up I-95, screaming north, gripping the steering wheel, going, God, if you're really there, I need help with my marriage. So I was in. Plus, I really love being with Dave and Dale. They, they love out loud. You know, the kind of people that, that, that take care of the homeless, and, and, and they put on a birthday party for a Denny's waitress when they said, oh, we heard it's your birthday. What are you going to do on your birthday? I've never had anybody ask me. They put on a party for her. Now, they talked to us about Jesus. They talked to us about their faith. And, and they said they were praying for us, but mostly they just loved on us. And this really intrigued me because that's not what I knew of religion. I was born and raised Mormon. And in fact, my cousins are the famously Mormon Donnie and Marie Osmond. I dated the grandson of the president of the Mormon church for six years. I knew Mormonism inside and out. I didn't know unconditional love. What I knew was a checklist of do's and don'ts to get to heaven, top level of heaven where God resides. And I knew judgment, particularly from other Mormons. That's what I knew. Dave and Dale weren't like that. It was so easy to give them an enthusiastic, yeah, we're in. So they flew out from California. We pick them up. And we drive down to Marco Island, Florida. It's about four and a half hours. And for the better part of that drive, we talk about, or dare I say, argue about sin. My brother-in-law had the audacity to say, we're born sinners. Like, a little precious newborn baby hasn't had an opportunity to sin? What's with you? I did not have ears to hear what he was trying to share with me on the way down to Marco Island. That's where we were. So we get there, we check into the beautiful Marriott on the water, and we think, have we hit the jackpot? I mean, this is fabulous. We don't even have to pay for it. We get the agenda. We find out that there's a dinner at 6 o'clock. We're to dress nicely. We have plenty of time. I go around, out to the pool area uh, to finish my novel. I remember I was reading The Red Dragon, nice serial killer novel. And uh, <laughs> Red Dragon has that's got strange implications, doesn't it? Now, Dave and his brother, my husband Michael, went out to the ocean. They come back to get me, and my husband goes, Babe, babe, I, I, I've lost my room key card. And Dave said, well, that's weird. I'm, you know when I went swimming over there away from you? I, the, the water was churning up, and right in front of my face is this white plastic key card. I said, let me check that. And I matched it up with mine. One of the little white plastic cards got a couple of holes in it. 
aligned with mine perfectly. I said, Dave, you found your brother's key in the ocean. What are the chances of that? And Dave had an aha moment and got super dramatic and went, whoa. This weekend's about you guys. And I said, what? How do you know that? And he said, I know in my knower. Now, I'd heard my brother-in-law talk like that before. That kind of meant like he'd had a message from God. Now, I, I didn't believe it, but he'd talked like that before. We went to the dinner that evening, 6 o'clock. My sister-in-law, who's had a migraine and had to be in a room, still wasn't able to join us. Dave is assigned a table separate from Michael and I. The room is Beautiful, big round tables, gorgeous, gorgeous room, decorated beautifully. Michael and I sit down at our table and we begin to introduce ourselves um, to the people and find out that every person at our table is either a chief executive officer or a chairman of the board of a company. And we look at the agenda and so are the speakers. Well, this was our world. We were, we were okay with this. We both had big roles and big titles and we were all about work. That's, what we, that's who we were all about work. So we, we felt, okay, plus, in our eyes, a big title lent credibility to whatever they were going to talk about that night. Now, we find out this event was put on by History's Handful. That's a division, one of 17 divisions of Campus Crusade for Christ. And everybody in History's Handful gives or pledges a million dollars over the course of their lifetime to the cause for Christ. I thought, what are we doing here? We don't have a million dollars. Are you kidding me? And we know Dave doesn't. How'd he get this invitation? It just stunned me. The speakers, they, they're big business people. They talk about their business, and each one of them had a specific business issue that had they not resolved it, it actually could have folded their company. It big, serious stuff. But you know how they handled it? Nothing I'd ever done as a leader. They prayed. That's what they did. And miracles were happening. They talked about God's love. They talked about forgiveness of sin. There's that sin stuff again. It was actually almost starting to gel a little bit. And the thing that really intrigued me is they weren't talking about religion. They were talking about relationship. A personal relationship with the living God. I had never heard anything like this in my whole life, and I was blown away by it. Ah, my heart was moving. Now, in between speakers, they showed clips from the Jesus film. Jesus film's another division of Campus Crusade for Christ. It's in 1,800 languages. They show it all over the world using generators. Giant screen to my right. The bottom of the screen hit me about here, and it went way up. So they're showing some clips. The next speakers were Norm and Ann Miller. Norm Miller, CEO of Interstate Batteries. My husband could relate to that because he's a car guy. Ann Miller gets up first. I got chill bumps thinking about it. I wish I could share it, but I don't have time. She gave a testimony unlike I'd never heard in my life. And I was moved to tears. And then she said that... Her husband, Norm, wasn't a Christian at, at the time she was sharing this story about him, um, and he was all about work. He was enveloped by his work. It was a, his identity, his purpose, etc., and it was impacting their marriage. Bingo! That's what our deal was. 
So I really bonded heart to heart with Ann Miller. Then her husband gets up, Norm Miller, and he gives a testimony that blew my mind, absolutely blew my mind. And then he says, everything my wife says is true. I was on a downward spiral, really a mess. And then I finally, after she'd prayed for me for a long time, she told me she did, I said yes to Jesus. And everything changed. Everything. My marriage got better. A marriage of three, a lot better than a marriage of two. And my business got better. I quit drinking. I mean, it just, he just went on and on. He left the stage, and the master of ceremonies comes up, and he's saying something. I don't know what it was at the time, but I, but I look up, and there's a picture of Jesus walking along the sand. Now, his sandals are about right here, so I'm looking way up to see his face. And as I look up to see his face, I hear the master of ceremonies go, can you say no to this man? Can you say no to Jesus? I had tears pouring down my face. Something had happened to me. I mean, I just couldn't even explain it, but I was stunned speechless, and I said, I can't say no. I say yes, just like Norman Ann Miller did. Now, my husband couldn't see what was going on because in this round table, here's the front, and he's sitting here. And I don't say a word to him that night. I don't know what to say. But I did tell him that I was going to this session the next morning. Now, Bill and Vonette Bright, the head of all of Campus Crusade for Christ, were at this prestigious weekend event. And Bill Bright and Vonette Bright were going to hold separate men's and women's sessions the next morning at 6 a.m. I did tell my husband, Michael, I'm going to go to that. And he said, yeah, Dave and I are going too. I thought, cool. Then Michael picks up a book called Beyond the Norm by Norm Miller, takes it to the room. Five o'clock the next morning, I wake up to get ready. My husband's not in bed with me. And I, I get up, I realize he's out on the balcony, overlooking the water. I go to open the slider just a little bit. I realize he's reading Beyond the Norm by Norm Miller, and he's crying. My husband doesn't cry much. He's not a crier. I didn't say, hey, babe, what can I do? What's bad? I just shut that slider, and I backed into the room, and I got ready, and I went downstairs. Now, Dale, my sister-in-law, was now better, thank God, and she could join me, but she was assigned at a different table. Guess what table I was assigned at? Ann Miller's. And you know what she says? Let's start by giving our names and how we, just a couple of lines about how we came to the Lord. Romans 10.10 says, For it is with our hearts that we believe and are justified. It is with our mouth that we profess our faith and are saved. Oh, I believed in my heart. I couldn't explain it, but I was so full. But I hadn't professed a thing with my mouth. So it comes to me, what am I going to do? Speak the truth. And my name's Michelle Mill. (laughs) I don't know my name. (laughs) My name's Michelle Mercer, and I said yes to Jesus last night because of you and your husband. Now I'm crying, and now so's the table. We have a phenomenal session with Vonette Bright, and then I hook up with Dale, I don't say anything, and we go find Michael and Dave. My brother-in-law, he's so much fun. He's 
slaps me on the back and he says, hey, how was your session? Ours was great. And I decided to meet his enthusiasm. I slapped him back. And I said, so was mine. I told Ann Miller I came to the Lord last night because of her and her husband. My brother-in-law went down on one knee, raised his hand and screamed, praise the Lord so loud. He was crying. My sister-in-law had this, I can only call it stunned joy. And I looked at my husband and I thought, is this gonna help my marriage like it did Norman Ann Miller or my toast? And then I found out that that morning on the balcony, my husband said yes to Jesus too. You got two older adults. We're in our 40s. Coming to the Lord, that's rare. But the same weekend, one day apart, whew, that doesn't happen. That weekend was the key. After Dave and Dale had prayed for us for 17 years, that weekend was the key. And God gave Dave a revelation about that weekend when he found his brother's key card in the ocean. That weekend was about us. God knew how to get hearts all wrapped up in business and the pride of roles and all that stuff. Get big business leaders to humbly profess their faith in Jesus Christ and talk about their love that he has for them and they have for him and give him the glory for their success of their business. Well, after 42 years without the Lord, we said, Dave, what do we do now? (laughs) My husband was almost 50. What do we do now? He said, three things. Find a church, read your Bible every day, keep yourself on a short leash with the Lord. We found EAC. He sent me a Bible. He'd send his brother one about three or four years ago. Keep yourself on a short leash with the Lord, which I didn't understand at the time. I sure do now. You stay connected to that vine. That's where the fruit of the Spirit is. And if you don't see fruit of the Spirit in your life, check that connection. We loved EAC. The pastor at the time put me in charge of a fundraising project to move the sanctuary. This used to be across the street. Move it across. So we did, and that was great because it got us involved in people, meeting people. We just loved it. We got in a small group. And then I had a great big decision to make as a new Christian. Well, I thought, well, I'll just ask the Lord what what I should do. My small group helped me with this, and that's what I did. It's four in the morning on my sofa, And I'm praying for an answer. Should I get a hysterectomy? Like I've been putting off for a while and the doctor kept telling me I needed to do it. I have my Bible on my lap and I am led to Isaiah 30, 21. Awesome verse. But I read read Isaiah 30, 22. Do you know what the last part of Isaiah 30, 22 says in the NIV version? Throw them away like a menstrual cloth and say away with you. Exclamation point. Needless to say, I had the hysterectomy. (laughs) But I found out that I had been slowly bleeding into the wall of my uterus. I could have slowly bled to death. Asking God for his input on big decisions became really critical, which was great because we had another big decision. Same year we're saved and we're loving EAC. Long story short, 
Trust me, he was in all the details, and it was clear after a while we were supposed to move to California. So we did. Really hard. We ended up in this teeny, tiny little apartment from our Riverside Drive house, and it wasn't a great house, but <laughs> we were in a teeny little apartment in Southern California. And I'm a chief operating officer of a startup company working all the time. And my husband takes a job that requires him to fly out every Sunday and fly back every Friday. He's working in Kansas City. I'm alone. Talk about learning how to lean on the Lord. It was rough. Really, really difficult time in our lives. Why, Lord? We... um. We got into a uh, small group in a megachurch that we were led to that had a, week, a midweek service, and that midweek service really helped me because I needed it. And it became clear that God had us on a growth trajectory related to missions. We took a Perspectives on World Mission course, 15-week college-level course, and then we facilitated it twice. And... That was 45 weeks of incredible training right there. We got in a small group with people from the Jesus Film Project. Remember that I said yes to? The Jesus Film Project. We went to Malawi. We showed the Jesus Film using a generator and a sailcloth. 2,000 people, we estimated, showed up to see that from the middle of nowhere and about as many professions for Christ. We took teams down to Mexico built homes for the homeless. We got on the mission council as new believers in this mega church. It was very clear. Then Michael leaves his job and starts a ministry slash business with a Campus Crusade for Christ guy and a trainer, and they're using a tool called the Berkman, which is kind of a team-building tool developed by a Christian, and he gave the rights for its use to Campus Crusade. So my, my, my husband is asked to do a team-building session over multiple days with a Campus Crusade for Christ group, History's Handful. They ask him his testimony, and he tells them. And they said, there was only one couple saved that entire weekend on Marco Island. That was you and your wife. That weekend was not only about us. That weekend was for us. And then my husband says, can you guys solve a mystery for me? How did my youth pastor, quite poor brother, get an invitation to history's handful where you give a million dollars? And he lived in California and the event was in Florida. How how did he get it? He never knew. They said, well, he wouldn't have got one. We don't send those invitations to youth pastors. Michael said, well, I'm standing before you because he got it. (laughs) Can you research it for me? They said, absolutely. History's handful researched it, and David Martin's name was nowhere on any one of their mailing lists. Never. They said, we have no idea how David Martin got that invitation. Guess what? Why did God pick us up from Florida Move us to California for three and a half years, and let's fast forward here. I'm back. So he moved us back right where we started our relationship with him. Why did he do that? We know 
in our knowers, to use my brother-in-law's statement, that God showed us the miracle of our salvation story. We didn't need proof, of course, but what a gift we got, knowing that history's handful had no idea how he got. God orchestrated Dave getting that invitation. There is no other explanation. And he also wanted us involved in missions. He has things prepared for us in advance to do, and we have done a lot of mission stuff since we got back here. We took the Jesus Film Project to, oh, the New Smyrna Theater, because we wanted the marquee here to say Jesus. We took it to Turkey. We went to Senegal. Michael started using the Berkman to, with, the, with the staff here at EAC. And then we went to Honduras. And um, Adina has eloquently stated that. We have been, we're still very involved uh, with the Sowers in the EAC for Lumpira Child Sponsorship Ministry. And, and I'm very excited that we're now making menstruation supplies for the third world and locally here with now um, you know, 30 plus women in our Days for Girls team. So God really did uh, want us to um, be on that growth path for missions. I'd like to leave you with a couple of key points from my love story with my Jesus. If you're ever one of those people like I was, wondering, why, Lord? Why am I in California? I'm all by myself, and it's so tough, and my husband's not here, and blah, blah, blah. Don't lose hope, and always trust because God uses what doesn't make sense to us for our good and his glory. It is a thread through my last 26 years with him and how different they've been from the first 42. One more, three more, three more. Don't give up on your unsaved family. Dave and Dale never gave up on us. They prayed for 17 years until God gave them the key. And that took us from a life of strife and struggle and stress to service. Took us from our work to being focused on his work. And J-O-Y really means something to Michael and I. Jesus first, others second, yourself third. Because we were all about yourselves, ourselves first, and then each other. And we had no J, no Jesus. Well, if you get it in the right priority order with Jesus first, each other and others second, and yourself last... That God-sized hole in your heart just fills up, doesn't it? It just made the world a difference. Another point I'd like to make. I would not have been able to say yes to Jesus on Marco Island if I wouldn't have been able to say yes to Dave and Dale. If they would have been judgmental, hypocritical people, which I kind of knew, that was what I knew of religion, we wouldn't have wanted to be with them for a weekend. I think that's what Pastor Connor is so eloquently helping us to really see through our current series and, and others as well. Another line that I just love, and a, and, and, a, and a last point, my friends have heard me use this many times, you're not what you do. If you are what you do, when you don't, you aren't. I was what I did. It was my purpose, it was my identity. I was wrapped up in it because it's all I had. So when I wasn't doing it or it wasn't going well, I had no value, no worth, and love is attached to value and worth and what you do, then you have nothing. That's how I lived my first 42 years. 
after Marco Island, I still had big titles, but I had a whole different direction. I had a different thought process. I had a different feeling. I had, I, I, everything was different. I went from a healthcare leader that once fired a nurse because she refused to quit praying out loud with every patient that she had, whether they wanted her to or not. Yeah, I went from that to as we started out, a healthcare leader who shared her faith in the workplace, and Pastor Dave asked me to put it on video. I think that is total and complete transformation. And I am so grateful for my love story with the Lord. I'm going to leave you with two comments. Two comments I heard from my 94-year-old mother when she was with me last month that I wouldn't have heard if it wouldn't have been for Marco Island and if it wouldn't have been for sharing my faith boldly with my then Mormon parents. First, hey, Shell. She calls me Shell. Shell, will you order me a new Bible? Mine's falling apart. Does it get much better than that? Well, this is a little better than that. We were doing devotionals every morning together. Paul Tripp's New Mercies every morning. Oh, if you don't have it, it's fabulous. I had just read that morning's devotional out loud with my mom. And she, she's got a grip. She's 94. She, she grabs a few vice grips my hand. She kind of pulls me close, about this close to my face. And she says, I love Jesus so much. Now that, to me, is the ultimate love story. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.